0: Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Marenzi. Level three. Well, well, well. Time flies when you're talking football and we're breaking it down. Ian Cameron will join us in a couple of minutes. Uh, The Raging Redhead Cam Stewart right now is uh, pounding back beers in the late night hours and winning horse races. I know Cam. He's going to end on a nice little hot streak on the way out. And um, he'll be ready to rock and roll tomorrow night as we've got the Raiders and the Chargers. On the board, I think um, we'll take a look at the props a little bit later on in this football game, guys, because I'm in a prop mood for this game, and i got to get a lot of uh, losses back in between that conquer crap, Champions League stuff, and uh, and college basketball. Uh, thanks for nothing, Notre Dame. And, oh, yeah, the Phoenix Suns. I don't know how I managed to have like the worst bad beat of the century in an NBA preseason game, but me and a raging redhead uh, Cam Stewart managed to do it. Um, all right, so a lot of stuff to break down, NFL uh, football. Uh, we're on the verge right now, guys, of 25 straight days of football, wall-to-wall, college football and NFL football. All right, we've got uh, football t- on Thursday night in the National Football League, and then on Friday night, we've got U.S.A.B. UN- and Marska and Rutgers. we got Ball State and Buffalo. Game of the night, the Pac-12 title game, Oregon and USC throwing it down. We've broken down all these games. We're going to continue to break them down throughout the week, including Northwestern and Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Iowa State. Broke those down already this evening. And if you missed the breakdowns, well, you know what? Suck it. Where were you? Um, too bad Florida State away Forest, But Bando's been giving us great insight into these football games. Texas A&M, 1-16 against the spread the last 17 times. They've come off a bye week. How is that possible? But it's true. And Texas A&M are laying 13 and a half points against the Tennessee Volunteers, Air Force and Army on the board. And we're starting to feel the flyboys uh, right now as uh, Army coming off a massive win against their arch rival Middies. And uh, now you get Air Force coming in here, gunning for the commander-in-chief um uh trophy and the 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 reputation um, of beating uh, army. They fly you under the radar, pardon the pun. Not anymore. Falcons get it done. And I'm not talking about the Atlanta Falcons. We've got some uh, back, backstage drama news uh, as far as the Houston Rockets are concerned. Late night anger management fast you Bring it.
1: Since you were a little kid, you've always loved sports. So have we. One of us, one of us, one of us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Oh, yeah, it's all set. They got the bug boy on The bug boy? Yeah. The little fella's been riding his heart out. They're gonna break his maiden. Really? but it's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it, eats it up. Eats the slop, Born the slop. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. What did I just
3: say? Late night anger
0: management class continues, as does the late night degenerate gambling. All right, I see we've got some late-night Chinese basketball going on. Nanjing, the Monkey Kings, Babano. Man, what a great name, huh? Nanjing Monkey King versus uh, Tianjin Pioneers. Uh, Pioneers off to a hot start uh, right now. Really low scoring, 9-1. And Chinese Basketball uh, Association is normally a pretty high-scoring league. They run and gun in China uh, in the pro leagues uh, there. So we'll keep our eye on this. Uh, game in the late night uh, hours. Ian Cameron kicking us in the late night hours. All right, let's 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 get right back down to football here, Babano. We do appreciate your time uh, here this evening. Because a couple of games that really intrigue me. So we were talking about Coastal Carolina and Lafayette. Really fun game. Total uh, 55 and a half in that game, three and a half. We get into Clemson and Notre Dame. Although I feel like that game is going to get enough national attention that we don't need to focus on it too much. But I do like Notre Dame here, Babano. I'm not getting scared off. I think there's an overreaction to Trevor Lawrence coming back in this matchup. There was nothing fluky about Notre Dame's win. There's been nothing fluky about Notre Dame's season. And I see Ian Book, 30-3 and three, as a starting quarterback, getting double-digit points here. They're going to get all they can handle. This isn't the same Notre Dame team that's going to roll over and get beat up in one of these big
1: games. Yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's... Uh, Going to be a good game. I, I think it's a little bit too much delay with Clemson. I'm I'm, I'm still reluctant to fade Clemson here in this situation and Davos Swinney's track record in and I and I actually went back and look because he's been now at Clemson for a decade or so in the in post regular season games, ACC championship bowl games, and the College Football Playoff. Those three things combined. Dabo Swinney and Clemson are 14 and 3 straight up and against the spread. They've won those games by an average of two touchdowns. They just get they, he has this team always ready to go in these games. Notre Dame's going to have to play Clemson this time around. Look, Notre Dame has shown that finally for the first time in years that they've been capable of stepping up, you know, and playing good teams and beating good teams like they did Clemson earlier this season. I'm going to have to see them though do it again in this matchup the Tigers by the way Clemson five straight ACC championship games and they covered all five of them their last five appearances in this title game plus I think Clemson does win this game but I just don't want to lay this many points with them so for me uh it would be a lean to Clemson only
0: all right uh, babano uh kicking it uh with us lot of numbers a lot of interesting uh, numbers I'm seeing here as far as Notre Dame uh, is concerned. Um, you know this is pretty impressive, actually. So Notre Dame guys have played 65 games in their school history. 55, um, they're 55 and 10, 55 and 10 all time when undefeated. 55 and 10 all time uh, when undefeated. Straight up, only four times have they lost by double digits when Notre Dame has been undefeated. But Brian Kelly, 15 and six against the spread. Um, you know, we we dig in deep uh, here. Um, uh, Ian Book, thirty and three straight up as a starter uh, at Notre Dame. It feels like you know a lot after a lot of tough losses, a lot of tough losses, and we say fifteen and six against the spread, Kelly. It's a it's a, it's a detailed situational stat uh, that we you know, we won't waste everyone's time on. But I think Notre Dame hang around here. And what what about the total here, Babana? What kind of pace are we looking at when they played at uh, South Bend? It was a track meet. Is it, I don't know, is is it going to be different this time, 59 and a half?
1: Notre Dame's defense, I think has gotten better since that first game against Clemson. And I still remember when they shut down North Carolina and Sam Howell, who just put into the sixties against Miami last week. So that Notre Dame defense is getting better. Uh, Clemson, I think defensively, they've also gotten better as the season's gone on. And I was on the over in the first meeting I'm not as much into it this time around, especially with the total being in the 60s here. I actually think it could just stay under. I think 31 like 31.28 is a final score I could see, and that's still not enough to get you over the total. So I'd actually lean a little bit to the under. I think you get a little bit of a good, better defensive game out of both teams here.
0: Babano uh, kicking it with us. All right, Babano. if there's a team, and there's been some great stories this year, guys, in college football, and, you know, Coastal Carolina – uh, one of them, Cincinnati, um, has been a nice story. Tulsa, uh, you know, we can go down the list uh, of teams. Uh, USC Trojans, you know, there's been a lot of teams that have surprised people and and had really good seasons. But San Jose State's been a fun story. And I caught on to these guys early, similar to Coastal Carolina. I made a mistake, um, um, you know, I've made a mistake or two with San Jose State, uh, but I actually got lucky and I didn't get the play in. Um, I thought they were going to lose to Hawaii, but I drank like three bottles of wine and was very sick the next day, Babano, didn't get the bet in. (laughs) But I did think they were going to lose the game, but I didn't get the bet in. Uh, But I was on them last week, again, against Nevada, and I've been riding this team, and every week, you know, and even me, I tell myself every week, I'm like, man, I don't know, this is a tough test. Like, every week, Babano, they're in a bad spot. You know what I mean? Like, the Hawaii game was a bad spot. They went to Hawaii on short notice. It was supposed to be a home game for them. Hawaii refused to play the game in Las Vegas, so they had to go to Hawaii to play. They win the game. They come back from Hawaii. Then they have to play a pissed-off Nevada team who's a damn good team with only one loss on the season. You know Babano and Carson Strong and company. The game um, is in Nevada. They're playing in Las Vegas again against the Wolfpack in their home state. They're down, like, 21-3. They look, everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, look at that. Their bubble burst. That's that. Boom. They come back and dominate and run away with the game, Babano. This team's got a ton of heart, man. And now they get six and a half against Boise State in Vegas.
1: And I think it's a wonderful situation for San Jose coming into this game because they've been obviously displaced from Santa Clara County, forced to play against Nevada in in Las Vegas last week. Uh, and they end up getting the job done there in that game at Sam Boyd Stadium against the Wolfpack. Very impressive win, really good second half. Nick Starkles played really well uh, at quarterback. Uh, They've got an extremely incredible running back. He uh, just shredded Nevada last week in that game, and I like that they stayed in Las Vegas from last week's game this week's game that's where they are they can just focus on the task at hand that's this mountain west championship game against boise now there's no doubt boise's had more experience in this game there's no doubt they're used to playing for the mountain west title san jose's not but boise state to me is a little vulnerable this year uh compared to past years i don't think their defense is quite as good as it's been in years past they've been vulnerable they've been susceptible and san jose state's got balance man you know they can throw it with Starkle they yep. can run it the running backs outstanding for them Brent Brennan is done a more remarkable job coaching this program and the, yeah I think the betting markets agree Gabe, because Boise opened eight and a half they're now six and a half so there's been some San Jose State money and I agree with it I'd be looking at the Spartans here they're the real deal and I know Boise State played BYU and it skews their stats a little bit that they had to play BYU San Jose State didn't but San Jose State can compete in this game, and that's all they need to do in order to cover the number, and I think they will.
0: I agree. Uh, I agree. And I'll tell you what, Brett Brennan, uh, he, he keeps coaching like this. I know it was just one year here like this, uh, Babano. He has another has another big uh, big year, and he's going to find himself in a Pac-12. He's going to find himself in a Pac-12. He's done such a good job. Like, he's going to get a big-time job. And, in fact, already it's already starting. Um, Brett Brennan, Arizona rumors, Babano, and that's all. That that's always a killer late in the season. Sometimes when coaches, no, no, I'm not thinking about that. And really, they're signing a contract behind the scenes.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. So listen. Yeah, no doubt I, I, that, that is the one I, issue. And in fact, Cincinnati, Luke Fickle's in the same boat. You know, yeah, he is yeah, getting yeah, a lot yeah. of lot of conversation about a lot of teams interested in bringing Luke Fickle on board and how that's going to impact Cincinnati for their game against Tulsa. That remains to be seen as well.
0: All right, listen, I was going to get you out of here, but uh, we let into this, so we'll just hit that game and another one on the other side, and we'll let you go, battle. But it's a good point, you raised. I don't like how these – I don't mind coaches leaving. I just think players should be allowed to leave too next that, that's the only thing. That's, if you're if you're Brandon and you got to pack 12 off, or you got to take it, bring it.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little
0: extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks.
3: You want to pick a team?
0: No, just take it. Late night anchorman class, Kenny Cimerenza. He and Cameron kick us in the late night hours, but uh, he's a late night vampire, anyways. So he just be capping football games, so he's just capping games on the air. Uh, right now, right? So. Um, what well, you know what's what's the what's the uh, the major difference uh, for Ian Cameron kicking it with us follow him on Twitter at uh, Babano. Uh, great point so you brought up Babano, on the way out. One thing that's different though this year because of the um, because of the schedule and everything, we haven't had that where there's like weeks of rumors with coaches. you know what I mean like normally Babano it's like a coach will have a great year. Season ends in the first week of December. And then there's like two, three weeks of the buildup before the bowl game. And he bolts before the bowl game, right? This year is different because everyone, you know, the season started late. Everybody's bang, bang, bang. So even I would believe coaches that they would say, listen, I can't talk right now. I got like, you know what I mean? Dude, my team has COVID. I got this coming up here, right? But at the same point in time, Luke Fickle, great point that you raised here, leading us into the Tulsa game. So so we agree, though, boy, you know, one last party, right? One last drink with San Jose State, one last time. How can we refuse, right? Plus the points. Uh, yep. But With Luke Fickle taking on Tulsa, dangerous Tulsa football team, a dangerous team playing with house money. They got nothing to lose. All the pressure's on the Bearcats. There's no way in hell, Babano, that Luke Fickle's agent hasn't taken a million calls, bro. Like, Brennan is different at San Jose State. Like, he's flattered to be mentioned with Arizona. And let, let let's let him do a little bit more before someone gives him a big deal in the Pac-12. But with Fickle, bro, he's proven. He was at Ohio State. He's got the pedigree. Look what he's done with the Cincinnati Bearcats. There's no denying it. I mean, it's like you know what I mean. And if you're him, you can't you can't criticize this guy for leaving. Look, Babano, he's got an undefeated football team, and the guy gets zero respect. A Big 12 team that lost to a Sunbelt team with two losses is ranked ahead of him. So he sees, yep. I, I'll never win here in Cincinnati. I don't have a choice but to leave. So I think Fickle's done in Cincinnati. Um, and I bet you, you know, they'll never, you know, publicly and everything, but you brought it up. It's a good point. Behind the scenes, man, you know he's on the phone with people. You know it. it's to, He's too big. Brennan's not. Some of these other coaches aren't, but Fickle is. Because Fickle is, like, the hottest coach out there. And so Fickle's going to be sought after by the biggest schools out there. And these big schools, they don't wait, man. They don't care about your dumb little bowl game. You know what I mean? If, if like, they come calling, then, you know, you listen. And I guess I'm thinking, listen, Illinois is out there for Fickle to battle, But I don't know if Illinois want to put the money on the table. I don't know if he thinks Illinois, he he might think I can get a better job. But he is a Big Ten guy at heart, and he's not getting the Ohio State job. And he said he said before that he would never coach Michigan, that he hates them, that he would never coach the Michigan Wolverines. Maybe a lot of money would change his mind if Hardball went to the NFL, Babano. But maybe Luke Fickle to Auburn, buddy. I don't want to get into coaching rumors with you, but – this could be a distraction for that program going into this game against the dangerous Tulsa team.
1: Dangerous is for sure for Tulsa, and Cincinnati hasn't played since uh, uh, November 21st. You know, so we're talking about a month yep. for this Cincinnati team without playing. And there's a rust factor that could come into play early on in this game for Tulsa. It's just a normal bi-week situation because they played against Navy uh, on December the 5th. And I like the Tulsa defense. Look, they're top 20 in all categories, pass defense, run defense, points per game, total defense. This is a really stingy Tulsa defense that the most points they've given up all year, I believe, was 26 to uh, UCF and they gave up 16 and to Oklahoma State in the first game. So they have faced some g- good teams, and they've managed to hold their own. Desmond Ritter, dual-threat quarterback, the Cincinnati offense will be a challenge. Tulsa might be up for it. The one concern is Cincinnati's defense is obviously elite. We know that. Great secondary. They can get pressure up front. And sometimes Tulsa's quarterback, Zach Smith, against a really good defense can make some mistakes. In fact, you know, he's going to be imperative that he plays well in this game, manage the football, don't force the football, make good decisions with it. That's going to be key for him in this game. It's funny because Davis Brin is the quarterback that rescued them against Tulane. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if what future he has with Tulsa, but they're obviously going to go with the veteran here, Zach Smith in this game. I think all things considered Tulsa 10 and Oh, by the way, against the spread on the road against teams with a seventy. win percentage or better. So step up in class on the road against good teams. Tulsa has been unbelievable ATS in that role. And I think with Cincinnati with so much weight on their shoulders to at least give themselves a puncher's chance at the playoffs, even though it's highly unlikely, you know, that mounts in a game like this, I'm very, very interested in the points with Tulsa here. I think they make this game pretty close start to finish.
0: Yeah. I think the pressure too, I think the pressure is something. Pressure slash frustration, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'd like to, you know, they've done a nice job here. But if you're Cincinnati, you got to be a little frustrated. You know, you're 8-0. You know, you haven't played cream puffs. You you get zero respect. I mean, Tim Brando, do you see Tim Brando on Twitter? And you know, Babano, Tim Brando loves college football, this guy. This guy, man, no one loves college football like Brando does. And. He's like the power, the you know, the the college football. And he sticks up for the little sham- guys,
1: Gabe. He yeah, always yeah. tries to stick up for them, and that's what I like about Brando. Yeah?
0: yeah. He's saying it's a sham. The Bearcats are getting, you know, it's it's and it is, and you know, to me, it's not just the Bearcats; it's everybody. It's just everybody. Like, what's the point? What's the incentive of the Pac-12 and telling these kids what are you playing for? Well, even if you run the table and you're the best, you you know, we don't lose a game. You know, a bunch of voters in Indianapolis don't want us there, and you know, so we're not going. I mean, it's not a fair competition. That's what makes the NCAA basketball tournament so cool, Babano. Every school's got a shot. You win your conference, you win your deal. You know, you get in, and uh, you know, whatever it is, it is what it is.
1: So, and I've heard Brando, and I've heard Brando a bunch with our boy Scotty Farrell, who has him on a lot as a guest. And uh, Brando, when he goes off on the NCAA it's pretty entertaining stuff. Like, he he really gets fired up about it. So, props to Tim oh, Brando lives- for calling them out, that, they're, that they bow down to the Power Five teams every single year when it comes to playoff selections.
0: Yeah, Brad, listen, Brando knows other sports, and Brando follows sports, he's Tim Brando, but Brando lives in Breeze college football. That guy loves college yeah. football, right? Like, you know, 365, he loves college football, that guy. College sports, Speaking and of-
1: basketball too, Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, college sports, you're right. Um, uh, speaking of which, it was the signing day today, recruiting and stuff. Shocking developments. Alabama did well recruiting. Uh, <laughs> shocking. <laughs> but you know what, though? All kidding aside, playing well now and matters, guys, because the USC Trojans bagged like one of the top quarterbacks. Dude, you're if you're 0-5, you're not getting that, kid. This is where this stuff matters. You know what I mean? Even on a shortened season, Babano, even in the shortened season, you know, you're playing well. Kids see this and they're like, you know what, man? Look what this Slovis guy's doing here, man. I could do that. Right. And, you know, I, you know, and they're winning games. They don't suck anymore. Right. Like, you know, so performance does matter in recruiting. Surprisingly enough, Harbaugh actually did pretty well, uh, but he's always done well recruiting and he can't coach them up after. But Alabama can clearly coach the players up. And I'm seeing a quote here of all these coaches saying that basically, this is the this is the best Alabama team ever. <laughs> That's pretty scary, but SEC coaches are like, yeah, good luck with that. Like, yeah, these guys like I'm reading quotes here. A bunch of coaches that have been around the SEC for years say this year's Alabama team might be the best Alabama team ever. That's those are strong words too, Babano.
1: I'm telling you what, this is getting I'm getting more and more of a pit in my gut feel that Everybody's just piling on Alabama. Can this number get high enough? This opened like 10 and a half, 11. I'm seeing 17 now. 17 and a 19. half even. It'll hit 19 yeah, with,
0: by Saturday night, bros. It'll be Saturday or, night, 19 and a half.
1: Yeah, there, And it's just piled in after Florida's lost LSU. And I get it. It's a bad loss It's a hideous loss for Florida. There's no question. And the defense continues to be a problem. And you worry about that going up against Mac Jones and company. How are they going to get stops against Alabama? This Florida team? There's no doubt. There's a concern. That's also why the total 74 in this game. And even at 74, I wouldn't want the under, uh, in this game, but at some point, I might get tempted by Florida just because. What if Alabama's up twenty-one, twenty-four points? You know, and late in the game, you know, Kyle Trask can't punch in a late touchdown to get you through the back door. Absolutely, he can. Now I know the passing game and the offense for Florida, and it's been about a solid three or four games in a row, Gabe, where the offense just hasn't been in sync to the level that they were uh, earlier in the season. But to me, it's just this is just everybody and his brother piling on backing Alabama and pounding this number up in one direction only. And I always get a little off put, especially when you're talking about a favorite of this magnitude in a conference championship game. I'm not saying you, you know, make it a best bet on Florida, but I'm just going to wait, see where this number is Saturday. And if it's up to a level that if it's getting to the 20 range by Saturday, I'm going to have to put a little something on Florida at a number like that.
0: You know, and I'm glad. You know, but you mentioned you know Florida loss and stuff. Time just these segments are flying by, buddy. Uh, but how about this? But is aren't LSU in one of the big monster letdown spots here too uh, against uh, against Mississippi this week? What do you what do you make of that one?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got to be worried about that. Uh, You know, the huge win uh, against Florida Johnson, obviously playing extremely well at quarterback, but remember, they're still a banged up football team. Problem is Ole Miss on the other side. Morency, they've, they've been out of action for a while. They've had their own COVID issues as well. And they're hard they have a terrible defense. So, that's where your issue is. And, again, I was looking a bit over in that game, but they, there's another total. It's in the 70s, so they didn't really give you much value or wiggle room with that. So it's a tough one all around.
0: Ian Cameron, Bob Bano, great work tonight, Bob uh, Bano. We enjoyed your Sunday uh, segments, and you don't have to stay up uh, so late on Sunday night. So we'll catch up with you later in the week. We'll see you online. Uh, follow Bob on Twitter. He's all over these games. Uh, Great uh, tips and information and trends posted on his Twitter as well. Good information and links to his videos. Thanks for your time, Babano.
1: Absolutely, Gabe. Thanks to everyone for watching and listening. And thanks, Gabe, as always. Have a good one.
0: Late Night Anger Management Class continues. Bring it.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: This straight. You took all the money you made
1: franchising your name and bet it against the Harlem Glo- Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters?
0: Oh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Late night anger. Management class continues. i throwing it down. Late night. Late night rage. Uh, great stuff with Ian Cameron. Uh, we got uh, we we got serious there for about uh, an hour and a half or so. and Broke down a million college football games, and as you can tell, Ian Cameron very prepared, very prepared. Um, at at times, listen, I mean, you know, if, if if we we could really go on for like twelve hours with him, he'll he'll tell you you know about the uh, the backup punter's uh, status. Uh, but he did a great job tonight, uh, keeping on track, and we got to a lot of games. Uh, I like to cover all of our bases. I'm excited about college football. And honestly, guys, what it is, too, college football is winding down right now, right? College football is winding down. We've got a couple of more. It's winding down. We've got a bunch of bowl games. But as far as, you know, they're all going to be spread out. There's going to be a couple of games a day for the next 25 days, as we stated, football for 25 straight days. NBA basketball less than a week away right now. Of course, uh, James Harden uh, showed up. Um, last night, and I tell you what, uh, James Harden is never going to be, uh, never going to have a book. Where's Waldo? Uh, because Harden was easy to spot, the fat disgruntled one. And now there's reports coming out from ESPN right now as they dug a little bit uh, deeper. The piling on begins, and this is going to get ugly fast uh, right now. And you know, this is pretty clearly coming from Westbrook's camp. And I don't know from from others but a story from behind the scenes with the Houston Rockets uh, right now is about James Harden and Westbrook not liking each other at all. (laughs) And There's a pattern here, though, guys, if you notice. Who was there the year before? Chris Paul. And what happened with Chris Paul and James Harden? They nearly came to blows. And, you know, when, when they nearly, remember, they nearly beat the freaking Golden State Warriors, man. People forget that. They didn't really beat the Warriors, all right. And Chris Paul got hurt, and people say, "Oh, Chris Paul never wins in the playoffs, anyways." Whatever, man. Like Dave, the Rockets had the Warriors on the ropes, and Harden was just Harden. There were times late in games, even in crunch, you know, and when when everything's on the line, he was just Harden. He didn't play defense. He did stupid. He took stupid shots, and it pissed it pissed Paul off a lot. And that's why Paul had to get out of there after, because Chris Paul nearly attacked James Harden, or I think he did, and, um, you know, they were separated. But Chris Paul wanted to punch Harden in the face. And now we find out news from the bubble that uh, one thing about Russell Westbrook, and people will say this and that about him, but the dude's hardcore, man. He's a consummate professional, all right? He's, he's, He's really, you know, he's a pro. He shows up, and he plays through pain. He does his thing. And... Westbrook, uh, so the quote is, Westbrook didn't tolerate tardiness. With the Rockets, scheduled departure times were treated as mere suggestions by Hardin and others. Nothing ever starts on time uh, there, a former Rocket uh, says. <laughs> the plane is always late. The bus is never on time. They're just an organized AAU team, <laughs> says a former Rocket staffer. On one occasion in the Florida bubble, Harden waited to get his daily COVID test until the last minute before a Houston Rocket film session was scheduled to start. He wasn't on time for the film session due to getting his COVID test. Westbrook uh, then snapped and said, Start the damn film without him. Start, start, uh, you know, F bombs. I'm not sitting here. And Mike D'Antoni explained in front of everyone that they would just have to start over, anyways, when he arrived. So, man, what kind of clown show are they running there? You know, what kind of clown show are you running here? Now you're bringing John Wall. John Wall's another serious dude. Like, John Wall is, might not be, like, John Wall's not an easy guy to get along with either. And one thing about John Wall, he's not an easy guy to get along with, but John Wall, like, will run your mother over, all right, to win a basketball game. John Wall's a competitive dude, man. And same with Russell Westbrook. So that's that's what we, when we talk. We joke, oh, about Harden and you know him showing up. Whatever, he's just showing up out of shape to piss the Rockets off. He'll he'll get back in shape. And anyways, he's so he can score like drunk and fat. Anyways, Harden. But um, the thing is, he's unprofessional, man. He just is. Like you know, what I mean, like you know, you what? Like you look in the pandemic in the off season, like all the time. It's it's always the same crap with him. I remember even during the playoffs. Like, after playoff games, not this year in the bubble, and you know it must have pissed him off and probably he didn't care. He want to get out of there. All Harden cares about it is having sex. You know, I, I get it. It's cool. You know, you can bang chicks off the Internet. All right. You know, whatever, bro. How about you bang chicks off the Internet and you win basketball games? Like, you know, you can do both, right? But he's he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't play defense. He's never in full shape condition. You know, he's always like, you know what I mean? He takes a million shots. He puts his teammates in bad positions all the time. He blames everybody else. He's never happy. He thinks he's the MVP of the league. MVP of what? Like what? Spending the most money in strip clubs out of any NBA player? It's like, bro, we get it. You can party. (laughs) You know, but he's unprofessional. And you can just tell he doesn't have that killer desire that he wants to win. And you see stories like this, and it's just more proof. (coughs) <coughs> it's just more proof and evidence uh, of this. All right, um, so enough of uh, Harden. Well, we had Gamblu on today, and we talked a little UFC. And, Mateus, I know you're ready for uh, for the UFC this weekend. Another, uh, another projected violent card uh, that we have. Okay. We did very well last week. We have another violent card that they put together. You know, fighters with bad intentions, Dudes that want to knock each other out. Greg Hardy, of course, former football player. Uh, Greg Hardy, uh, minus 120 against Marcin Tabura, although Hardy should win that fight. Uh, Chaos Williams and uh, Michelle Pereira, a cool fight. Jose Aldo, people thought he was done. He might not be so done after all, but Vera's a badass at plus 128. Jose Aldo, minus 158. And then you got the main event in which today, Lou Gamblu, our guest, was very adamant. He said, I just want to let you know how much I like Wonder Boy. And he brought up, I brought, listen, you look at Jeff Neal, and Neal has fought a bunch of scrappers, a bunch of like sort of not street fighters, but not complete mixed martial artists. Bilal Muhammad's pretty good, but, you know, I'm just saying when you look at the guys that um, that Jeff Neal has fought, you know, Mike Perry. You know, Mike, Mike Perry is a... Um, Yeah, Mike Perry's a badass. Yeah, he's a badass dude, but he's not a complete mixed martial artist. He's more of just a, you know, a tough dude from the streets of Michigan type of thing. Nico Price, same thing. Nico Price is just going to stand there in a phone booth in the middle of the octagon and fight with you. His fight against Luque was classic. Yeah. Uh, You know, Muhammad, kind of complete guy. But, you know, so Lou's take is that Wonderboy, Wonderboy's angles— Footwork and and weird stances that he has will be a challenge for Jeff Neal, and I I get that. But to me, Matias, I look at this and I think more of, yeah, that's all good. But Wonder Boy used to scare people with the Karate Kid crap, like in 2015 and 16. He's not Different. the same fighter now. Yeah, not it's 2020. Fighter. It's not 20. It's not 2015 anymore. He's 37 years old. He doesn't have the same killer instinct. He's not the same fighter. So I don't fully buy into like his confidence and Wonder Boy. Who do you like in the fight?
3: I'm right there with you, Gabe. I like Jeff Neal in this fight. And it's something that we've learned over the last few weeks. We're finding a new wave of fighter take over the UFC right now. Dana White's gonna be making 60 cuts over the next couple weeks, slash months. And I think it's because he likes a new talent that's coming up in the UFC right now. And Jeff Neal is one of those guys that he found on the Contender Series. And he's been knocking guys out left and right. And it's simple. You know, sometimes it's not that hard to just call it what it is. And Jeff Neal just simply hits harder than you. (laughs) When you get hit in the face by Jeff Neal, you're getting hit by a cannon and you're going down. And we've seen Wonder Boy. He can't take a punch very well. And we've seen that. So if Wonder Boy is able to keep his distance and use those leg kicks... He might win a point fight. But at the same time, what we've learned from watching yeah. Jeff Neal, he likes to get in there, and he's very quick when he steps in there, and he'll land those one-two combinations, and you're going to be shook. Thompson, it just takes one, and he's down for the count. We've seen that. He's been smashed by Tyrone Woodley in the past, and we all know anybody who's been hit by a massive right hand by Tyrone Woodley, you're never going to be the same ever again. And that's pretty much uh, what happened with one Boy. That shot uh, changed his fighting career.
0: I'll tell you what, two guys. Something that you know people aren't going to bring up very much but Steven Thompson wonder boy fighting in a smaller cage is not an advantage for him either right Absolutely. fighting in, in the apex cuz wonder boy's a guy that he wants to keep his distance he wants to have his angles he wants to just sort of he basically keeps his distance and then surprise kicks you in the head right like that's that's his like sort of goal you know wonder boy wants to go in there not get touched and then boom you know, spinning back kick or whatever, quick flash kick to the head, and you know it's like sort of the Karate Kid stuff. But, but like I said, he's older right now, so he's not as fast as either Mateus, right? Like you no, know, it, used to, be, it used to be, it used to be scary, head. it used to be scary. Like you know what I mean? Not many guys could go foot to head as quick as he could. Like his foot on the ground, and the next thing you know, he just kicked you in the temple, right? Like he's great at that. But he's older right now. And there's one thing, too, about these guys, and it's one thing I was, I was wrong about. I didn't lose a ton of money betting against them, but I did underestimate a lot of these guys from the Contender Series. And I looked at them a lot, like, I'm like, yeah, whatever. If they were not so good, they already would have been signed. Or they're all just brawlers. I'm like, yeah, the guy's got power, but he's just a brawler. He's not very skilled. But you just said it. They've been very successful, these dudes, coming into the UFC. And I think there's something to be just said for their hunger, right? They like yeah. ma- they want to make money. They haven't made money yet, so they want to make money. And uh, you know that's the one of the biggest keys to to fighting, guys, is being hungry. You know, you about- bet on hungry. You, if you only bet on hungry fighters, you'll make money. You bet on lazy fighters, you go broke. You have to know who's hungry and who's not.
3: I liked all the fights that you actually brought up beforehand: the Marlon Vera Jose Aldo fight, the Chaos Williams Michelle Pereda fight. And also, the the Greg Hardy-Marcine Tybura fight, I, I don't really know why Greg Hardy's only a minus 120 favorite. I think Greg Hardy is actually one of the best heavyweights in the division right now, the way that, he, that he's been improving fight after fight after fight. He's not just a brawler anymore. Now he's a counterfighter, and if you really want to get cute with Hardy, he's going to put you to sleep. I'm actually excited to see Greg Hardy do some work on Marcin Tybura. I'm really going to get in on, the, on that fight.
0: Yeah, you know, what, Greg Hardy, um he has gotten better he's put the work in right he's put the work in you know he he faced a lot of guys that he should beat and remember early in his career there was always something right there was the you know the no contest he hit the guy late or hey what are you doing you're taking oh i have asthma it's like no i got permission to do that no you didn't (laughs) like even early it was like he had controversy but you know it was a step up in class form against volkov but as they say in mma You know, you learn more in a loss than a win a lot of the times. And, you know, it's part of the progression. I I agree, I think it's a winnable fight for Greg Hardy here. Late Night Anger management class, quickest 180 minutes in sports. Three-minute warning coming up, bring it.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Late night anger management class. Shout out to uh, Shano. Sean Bill's Mafia checking in the late night hours via Twitter at uh, Sport Quick uh, show tonight. It's been a fast uh, week. And uh, tomorrow night we got a full house on the program once again, as it will be rocking Teddy Covers. Teddy, Teddy Covers will be uh joining us for the last time. Last time of the year, actually. Last time of uh this this what a what a year, 2020. <laughs> The last, uh, the last time of the year, last appearance for Teddy Covers, Howard Balzer. It was so great to have Howard on last week. We're going to have him on again, and he obviously enjoyed himself. Um, so he's he's coming back, and you know we'll see maybe Howard will become a weekly think uh, moving forward if he's got time uh, for us. But he was on last Thursday. He's going to be on with us again. Mike Blewett is on the radar. Um, I know that uh, Mick Ossie's algorithms have been killing it uh, as well. Uh, But we told Mick, uh, Mick's got to come on earlier in the evening uh, before, you know, before um, he's kicked back too many, (laughs) before before he's gotten into it. It's the holiday season, so I don't know. He might be getting into it at 3 in the afternoon, uh, for all we know now. Uh, But Mick Ossie on the radar this week. I see Mick is all over this cricket stuff, actually. so. Maybe he's got an angle. Maybe he's got an angle. Now that the Australian football uh, season is over, mix turning to cricket. Evidently, I don't know. I will tell you what, though, this cricket is a big deal, right? Like we, you we know, we're like, oh yeah, cricket, dude. There's like billions of people watching cricket. Like India, you you guys think like that? Michigan and Ohio State's a rivalry. You think that like Auburn? And Alabama or T Ortiz and Chuck Liddell was a rivalry? Man, India and Pakistan in cricket, that's a rivalry. You know what I mean? That's a rivalry. They got like 2 billion people watching those matches. People die. <laughs> like, you know, like that's when you know it's a rivalry or not. Like, if people die, yes. Late night anger management class. Thank God there's football tomorrow because I hate soccer and I hate college basketball. Other than that, you're on your own later.